welcome to Not a Couple, the Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. Today we're working on uh, Will and Grace episode two. Um, it's titled A New Lease on Life. Yeah. So uh, obviously this is the second episode of Will and Grace mm-hmm. uh, coming right after the pilot. Um, I'm going to quickly just read the Wikipedia description of this episode just in case anybody hasn't watched it recently and has no idea what happened. <laughs> Um, so according to Wikipedia, with nowhere to stay, Grace turns to Will for shelter. First, he dismisses her idea of living together, but later agrees. Will's friend Jack meets Grace's assistant Karen. It's kind of a new version of the pilot, almost. Yeah, it sort of, like, does a lot of reestablishing of the characters, sort of like the pilot did, um, but with this time it ends with them living together. Yeah, and Will's hair is better. Oh my gosh, Will's hair is so much better in this episode, and Karen's voice is normal, and Jack's characterization is pretty much what it will be forever and for always. And Grace is there, I guess. Grace is there. Well, I mean, that's pretty typical of the pilot process, especially in that time when you would make a pilot and then you'd come back months later and do the rest of the episodes. Right. You know, they've got a better handle on their characters, mm-hmm. but they're kind of I'd probably reintroducing themselves to the characters. Right, yeah. There's definitely been some time that's passed, at least enough time for... Will get his hair cut. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely uh, Megan Mullally's voice is that lovely high-pitched Karen voice that we are all used to and know and love as like a hallmark yeah. of the show. See, and as someone who doesn't watch the show, I mean, to me it was it was definitely a little higher, but it wasn't like noticeably different. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested that you picked up on it like right away as like the iconic Karen voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. It gets to be pretty iconic, especially like her, oh, honey, no. Mm-hmm. Like that whole like little nasally, like especially yeah. with the honeys and the huns and the... That's true. Well, and out of all of the characters on Will and Grace, Megan Mullally is the one I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's probably why, for me, it wasn't weird to hear her voice in that normal, quote-unquote, version right, that you say is weird. but Right. I mean, because, like, you've seen her in other things. She's yeah, like Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. We saw that um, live show that she did with Nick Offerman yes. uh, about a year ago. Yep. Um, They're so cute together. They are very cute together. He's on Will and Grace, isn't he? I think so. I think that's how they met. If I remember correctly, he has a guest starring role at some point in the series. Okay. They meet. They are in love. It's adorable. That's so romantic. It's so romantic. So maybe someday we could all hope to have a small guest starring spot on a gay sitcom. (laughs) So the core of the episode is Will and Grace deciding to live together. Yes. Although that's not without a lot of bumps on the way. Right. It's actually, the core of the episode is more Will deciding that Grace should live on her own and Grace kind of begging him to let her stay in his apartment. Right. And then you get the classic sitcom flip of that, which is once Grace is like settled in the apartment, Will's like, no, please come back. I know. And that there, there's a lot of, a lot of things about that. that yeah. Kind of... That's maybe even too much for us to unpack in this right. time just, slot. That, that, yeah. It gets to be a bit rough. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about that. One thing that we did mention in our pilot episode, if you listened, is that Matthew and I are roommates ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking we could talk a little bit about our decision to live together versus yeah. Will and Grace's will-they-won't-they they roommate situation. Yeah. We didn't have a, the same level of time crunch. It was kind right. of a... It wasn't as immediate. Right. It was... We were living in two separate cities before, mm-hmm. um, and I had a roommate that I didn't like, mm-hmm. and Tess had a city that she didn't like living in. Yep. So when I made the decision to move to the same city as Matthew, it just kind of made sense that we both wanted to get out of our living situations that we would live together. Yeah. So. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like we made the decision to live together faster than Will and Grace make the decision to live together or not to live together. Right. Like, once the conversation was sort of reached, we generally just agreed that we wanted to be roommates. I think probably more of our, our conflict over it probably came after we were living together, which wasn't <laughs> smart. Yeah, we definitely, there were definitely some... Uh, 
some spats that happened mm-hmm. after we decided to live together. But you don't want to hear about all that, listeners. Yeah, that's that's for another special episode with therapist present. Um, so yeah, so I know that when the when Will and Grace are talking about moving in together, Will's initial response is, "Oh no, we're 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 too grown up for that." Right, which is such a weird thing because. First of all, it's not a thing. Right. I mean, like, my initial response to that was kind of like, mm, okay, sure, Jan. Right. Like, I know they're going to get up to some shenanigans in the coming episodes. So I'm just like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> you are not too grown up to have a roommate. But at the same time, they are older than characters in sitcoms that you see today. I mean, That's it, true. I mean, they're older than we are, too. That's so. true. We're only in our 20s. They're in their early 30s. Mm-hmm. This show runs for eight years, so they're going to be almost in their 40s by the time it's over. That's true. Assuming they're keeping with the year. Yeah, I'm not really sure if each season is a year in like Will and Grace time but okay. that's kind of kind of you know the magic of sitcom time you can have multiple years right. in one right. season and multiple seasons in one year but even still it's kind of an interesting angle to take with them you know that they're in their 30s and they they want to be grown up but right. they don't they think that in order to be grown up they have to be by themselves right that's definitely something I found kind of weird I guess because I mean I'm in my 20s but I have lived alone you kind of get the feeling from both Will and Grace that they haven't lived alone like long term yeah which is weird because they, they live in New York, so I guess that kind of makes more sense. Right. That they weren't maybe able to do so early on. Right. I mean, also... But, I mean, I've lived alone, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, well, also, I mean, Will's a lawyer, so he clearly had to go to law school, so that's mm-hmm. additional debt. And Grace has been, like, you know, setting up her, like, interior design firm, so I'm sure she's got to pay for that office space somehow. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense, like, financially why they wouldn't live alone. Yeah. But that kind of begs the question as to why that seems to be a mark of adulthood for them. Yeah. It's interesting. Whereas I think the conclusion that gets at the end of the episode is that they are choosing to stay immature by moving in together, which I don't know is necessarily the case. I yeah. would argue it's maybe more mature of them to realize that they can live together and they can still be their own people. And I mean, there's also the question of their emotional maturity there as well. I mean, you have the whole conversation where Will says that he doesn't want to be Grace's crutch. But also, I mean, then he comes to the conclusion at the end that, like, you know, he just got out of a long relationship yeah. and so did she and, like... They can lean on each other. They can be each other's crutch, which I think... I really like that. Yeah. I like the way it kind of spun at the end. Like, he was using it as a negative for most of the episode, and then he sees the positive angle of it. Right. When he's in danger of losing his support system. Yeah, definitely. I think... And I also thought it was a nice callback to the first episode with the Pyramid Game. Yes. Where they were joking about, you know, like a, a cane, a railing, each other. It's like, oh, something you lean on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I thought that was kind of cute. Well, because, I mean, like, the definite thing is, um, and there's also a lot of, like, weird hoops they have to jump through, is that... No matter what, at the end, Grace has to live with Will or the show doesn't really right. happen. The show doesn't really work unless all the characters are in the same space. That's just how sitcoms used to be. The mm-hmm. characters are friends and they interact with each other and we see them because they are in the same proximity to each other. Right, definitely. And that's something that you will also see a little bit more in later episodes. Oh, okay. In regards to where Jack ends up living. Hmm. Spoiler, it's nearby. Okay. Um, so that that's kind of a thing is, you know, especially because this show is so character heavy and it's so focused on these mm-hmm. four characters, like... You have to kind of keep them close. So it doesn't really work if Will and Grace don't live together right. or Jack and Will don't live near each other or right. Karen and Grace don't work together. Yeah. Well, that's actually kind of a thing I, re- I really like about this sitcom that I think is really in- indicative of sitcoms from this period and a little bit earlier is that you really have your four main characters mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like Seinfeld in that regard. Like, Seinfeld it has a bit more recurring characters right. from the episodes I've seen. But I mean, in the episodes we've watched so far, the two episodes, there's maybe four characters we've seen who are not Will and Grace. Right. Like, total. Yeah. Like, Grace's ex-boyfriend or ex-fiance isn't even cast. It's just a random extra who walks through the scene. Right. He's kind of, like, headless. Like, you see, like, a 
torso walk mm-hmm. into frame in the pilot. Yeah. And then he doesn't exist. It's a really interesting way to do a show. Yeah. You know, it's something you don't see as much now where shows rely on their supporting cast a lot more. Yeah, I mean, there's it's definitely not guest star heavy. Mm-hmm. At least at this point, it really doesn't have a supporting cast. It's yeah. just, you've got kind of A plot, B plot sort of structure where you've got Will and Grace are the A plot and then Karen and Jack are the B plot. I think this episode did a really, really great B plot. And in fact, yeah. I think I actually really like the B plot more than the A plot. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, like, obviously, like, getting Grace to move in with Will is an important, like, strategic, structural thing. Like, the show right. has to do that. Yeah, especially because in the pilot, they don't move in together, which maybe which would have been a little bit more natural. I just, it's not as interesting, or maybe not as interesting. It's not as exciting or funny or cool to me as the interaction that Jack and Karen have, which I just, like, flat out love. Yeah, I love that interaction as well when they first, this is the first time they meet each other, so it's kind of like their little, like, meet Right, and that's the other thing that I really like is that, all the other characters know each other, mm-hmm. but somehow Jack and Karen haven't met. Right. Well, because, I mean, Jack is just so Jack, so he's not involved in Grace's life at all, so he wouldn't right. have any reason to go right. to her that, office. That makes sense. And, and Karen is really not involved in Grace's life outside of work. Right. She's point. just kind of there to be, like, her sassy secretary who does nothing. Yeah. But what you get is this great scene where they are just immediately connecting yes. in a way that maybe you imagine that Will and Grace immediately connected. Right. But, but, like, you don't watch that happen on screen. You watch right. this happen on screen. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Because I've had that conversation. Um, mm-hmm. uh, especially, like, as a girl, I've been, like, in a gay bar and, like, had some guy I'd never met before come up to me right. like, you're fabulous. And my immediate <laughs> response was, like, you're fabulous. And then for the night, we're, like, best of friends. We're friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We're trading numbers. We're Right. He's playing bongos on my tits. And... <laughs> And they're lovely tits. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad that you said that. For the listeners at home, just imagine just fantastic, bodacious tatas. They are quite bodacious, (laughs) my tatas. Yes. But yeah, no, I just, I loved that because it was very natural to me. It did not seem like, oh no, how are we going to get these two characters to like each other? Right. It just worked perfectly because they're both so flighty and like materialistic. And of course, the first thing they would do is look at each other and be like, you're well, and of course, the thing, like, from a from a writing perspective, just the delivery of the back and forth is so good. Oh my god, I know. Yeah, I mean, like, if you just listen, like, just listen to it. Okay, come on, honey, stick around, talk to me. I have nothing to do today. Grace is taking the day off to move. Not where you think. Shoes? Chanel. Fabulous. I know. Honey, what are you telling me? Will is asking her to move in with him. <gasps> Tell me about it, you feisty little shih tzu. Oh, honey, how is she ever going to get married if she's playing house with a gay guy? No offense. Just guessing. Something about it is just... Will and Grace have chemistry. Yes. But there ha- there isn't a word to describe what Jack and Karen have in this scene. Right. It's something beyond chemistry. It's like it's like the thing where you put the Mentos in the Diet Coke. Right. Yeah, they are kind of explosive. Yeah. And it's really weird because I know that this is like a humor podcast and we're talking about a sitcom. Right. But it totally sparked this um, memory of mine of reading this academic article a few years back. Ooh, um, it was I this... suggest I should put on my glasses for Oh, this. yes. Put, I'm going to put on my monocle real quick. Mm, monocle um, moments. But it's this, uh, it was this, this paper I read about, like, the different, like, the three main, like, types of, like, gay and girl relationships okay. that you see in media. 
Um, so for anyone who wants to check it out, it's by James L. Allen. It's called Fast Friends and Queer Couples, Relationships Between Gay Men and Straight Women in North American Pop Culture from 1959 to 2000. That is a lot less snappy than Will and Grace. I, I'm aware. <laughs> but it sort of talks about like, these three main tropes. There's like the mother and son trope, and I can't actually think of any examples of that off the top of my yeah, head. That's, but I'm a child of the 90s. So I feel like I've why. seen that in gay bars. Yes. And, and walked away very quickly. Yes. Just been like, mm, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just not for me. But yeah. then there's also the perfect couples, like you see with Will and Grace, where right. they just sort of like click, and they're together. And us. And us. We're kind of like the perfect couple. Like naggy married couples who like bicker and fight. But then there's the gals and pals trope. And I think that's the thing that like mm-hmm. kind of fits Karen and Jack, is they're just, they're just gals and pals, and they're goofing yeah. around, and they're just in love, and they love it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because... I mean, like, that's obviously the one you see more often, I feel like, in media representations. Right, for sure. But in my experience, I feel like it's probably the one that crops up the most often, at least within our age group. Yeah. In our 20s, you're not going to have people, on average, who know each other long enough that they become the perfect couple. Right, for sure. No, I feel like there's definitely, especially with the, like, trope that, like, you can see in, like, various types of video where a girl is always saying, I just want a gay best friend. Mm -hmm. They're they're seeking out this gals and pals, Karen and Jack and Stanford and... Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City sort of, like, mm-hmm. quippy and fun and, like, hilarious relationship that is very, like, surface and doesn't have very much to do with much of anything, but it's fun and it's right. explosive and they have a great time. And whether or not that develops into something real is independent of that dynamic. Right, you know for what I sure. Mean? But that does seem to be something that I have, like, literally watched happen across a gay bar. I've literally been that person mm-hmm. for, like, one night only. It's yeah. just me and some dude and we are best of friends. See, and I'm actually very terrible at being the pal and the gal and pal. Like, yeah, sure. no, I, not, I don't know what attracts dudes to me who are like, you and I, best friends right now. You're fabulous. I don't Yeah. Know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's the boobs. I think it's the boobs. I think it's the same reason that babies like me. That's true. I have a very I have a very maternal round face <laughs> and a lot of a lot of boobs. If you were drawing a stick figure, listeners, just lots of circles. Just like a big circle for the head and then <laughs> smaller front circles and then like just a big ass circle. I don't know. It's just all <laughs> circles. I look like a fucking like dairy queen like scoop. Yeah. Like a double scoop of ice cream. <laughs> One thing that kind of made me crazy in this episode um, is some of the unrealistic um, aspects of like sitcom world, like sitcom New York that happens. Um, and the thing that made me the craziest is so you have this whole will they won't they live together plot right, of course. in which um, Grace wants to move in and Will doesn't want her to. But then, of course, he does want her to, but only after she's signed a lease in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the episode, she just like walks in and... She lives with Will now, and that made me not... What about your lease? What about the lease? Like, I don't understand. Like, did you get your deposit back? How did you get out of this two-year lease? Like, where is all of your stuff? <laughs> is it getting there? Guys, what is happening? I know that makes us, like, those nitpicky assholes, but, like... <sighs> There's just something about trying to suspend, like, your disbelief mm-hmm. and extending it into... Because I, I don't know. Like, we moved into this place that we live right now, like, about six months ago. Yeah. And moving is such a pain in the ass that, yeah. like, if you're going to move to Brooklyn... And then pick all your shit back up mm-hmm. and move back to Manhattan. Right. That just doesn't seem like a financially viable option. Right. It's just something like with the, the hand waviness of sitcoms right. from the time period that this comes from. You know, not that there's not hand wavy sitcom elements of every sitcom. Right. But I think it's more of a reliance on that reset button. Right. Where, that also comes to where they're more episodic. They start and finish at the same point and there's not a lot of change between them. Yeah. So you can, you, the writers just get away with shit like, oh, Grace just doesn't live in Brooklyn anymore. Right. She lived there for like not even a full episode. Even though part of the plot point of the episode is that she couldn't move in with Will 
She already signed the lease. Right. Like, that's, like, the thing is, like, he shows up and he's like, move in with me. And they have that beautiful scene where she's yeah. like, where should I put this mirror? And he's like, further, further, out the door, in the Such hallway. Such a great scene. Move in with me. And she's just like, no, Will, you are right. I have to do this. I have. <laughs> and then, like, cut to, like, four seconds later, he leaves. She sits home and she's like, well, I've done this. And then she's just moving in with, yep. like, no further thought about, yeah, I signed a two-year lease. Nope. They mentioned something about how much she paid, and I think adjusted for inflation, it's probably, like, over $1,500 mm-hmm. a month. Money she can't just throw away. Right, like, because clearly she can't just throw it away. She makes big point out of when they're flipping through the newspaper, picking out apartments. Nope, I can't afford that one. Yeah. So the idea that she, like, potentially provided, like, first month's rent, plus a security deposit, plus last month's rent, right. and then just moved out. <laughs> For just just did it like yeah. she just lives with Will now. And I know that's just that's just that's just the time. That's just the thing. That's the genre. But it just makes my pocketbook hurt. Right. I I'm just, my wallet is bleeding right now, right down my leg. I know. And I mean, like they have like a line where Will's like, "Well, you know, I can convince you to move in with me because I'm a lawyer." And mm-hmm. ha ha ha. And she's like, "That's how you convince me to move here in the first place." And I'm like, <laughs> "Why not just add a throwaway line where he's like, I'm a lawyer. I can get you out of this lease.' Like, because right. she lived there for like a day. Right." I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things that that's just not... I, I think some of that is coming from a time when TV doesn't have the prestige value that it does now. Right. Where people aren't analyzing every line. You know, I mean, like... Right. There's no AV club in 1998. Right. 20 years ago, no one's making a podcast about Will and Grace. Right. For sure. Mostly because yeah. they were like, what's a pod? I don't understand. What's well, a cast? What? A podcast? This, I have not heard of this. Is this one of them internet things? Is that the Y2K bug? Yes. That's going to get me. Oh, no. Oh, please tell me there's a Y2K episode of Will and Grace. I don't remember. Oh, um, I I'm mean, really pulling for it. I'm sure there's some discussion of the new millennium as it dawned mm-hmm. so we will definitely have to yeah. look out for that going back to the, the subject of their ages yes i think it's so interesting how when you have these characters who are in their 30s instead of in their 20s these sitcom writers are fine with having lost those formative years to work with that's definitely something kind of interesting and i know we were talking about this a little off mic when we were talking about how great it was to see jack and karen get to know each other mm-hmm. but how we don't get that with will and grace because right. they're just an assumed tight relationship Mm -hmm. yeah so there's definitely an interesting choice there to not like have like will and grace the college years right you just get yep they're together and we're not going to waste any time yeah establishing that they are besties for life it's just they are that way and that's what we're gonna do it's an interesting alternative to what we see now right and it's kind of it is kind of nice because you do get kind of thrown into it and you don't have to worry about backstory or this and that you take the characters as they are but it is kind of nice to get that little mix because I did enjoy watching Jack and Karen make that first initial, like, have a little meet cute. Yeah. I thought it's an interesting juxtaposition to have those two different relationship statuses. This plot line, in a very real way, with both the A plot and the B plot, they're both kind of just stories of these two pairings really, like, coming to new points in their relationship. Yeah, definitely. Like, I just remember, just, I really enjoy this, like, way that it just kind of like talks about these like weird little like quirky funny platonic love stories that are happening (laughs) and you kind of have them happening in two very different tracks like there's jack and karen who like they have that first blush of like bromance i guess is the best way to put it and and they're infatuated with each other platonically but Mm -hmm. then you have will and grace who they've kind of like moved on from that point in their life and they're at the like perfect couple we're basically a married couple everything's mm-hmm. great and this is just but how making that crucial married couple decision to move in together yes for sure they're kind of like recommitting to each other yeah. which i think is something we talked about in the pilot with her like in the wedding dress now at the bar yeah where they're kind of like committing to each other in this very real way yeah well and from some of the reading i've done about will and grace i know that some of the concepts
concept for the show is to get at what happens when you have a man and a woman who are friends, but the sex element isn't there. Right. What that, what the freeing elements of that. Right, definitely. Because I, I mean, like, I know even hearkening back to famous movie um, when Harry met Sally, there's that infamous line where they're talking about how, you know, men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's definitely that at play there where they just subtract the sex element. And they're like, great, how does this cross-gender relationship work? Yeah. I mean, you could take either of these two storylines at their bare bones. You know, two people meeting for the first time and really having a spark or an established couple trying to figure out if they should move in together when a roommate flakes or something. Right. Those are both stories you could tell with straight people that are more interesting in the context of Will and Grace because no one's ever told a story like this with gay and straight people. Yeah, definitely. I think that, that it's it's definitely a very, kind of strikes me as a surprising thing that they decided to do in 1998. Because mm-hmm. they have, not only do they have cross-gender relationships, they also have cross-orientation relationships. Because mm-hmm. you've got two straight women and two gay men and they both, you know, decide they're going to be friends with these people. Yeah. Or in Will and Grace's case, like, decide they're going to be roommates. Yep. And how, like, that relationship's going to work. Yeah. I think it's interesting that this episode... You know, it much like the pilot, it kind of leaves us in a state of possibility. Right. Um, and I, I suspect from my understanding of the show and just kind of talking off mic with you about it, that it is going to kind of follow a more episodic train rather than something more serial or something where, like, there's an ongoing plot. Right. From my memory of the early seasons, it's a lot more like that, that reset button that you kind of talked about where it's like, they start at one place, some stuff happens, and then they kind of end at that same place yeah. again. It's very interesting. The only element that I that I picked out that seemed like it could be hinting at something more serial, and I don't know if this is going forward going to be a, an issue, um, more than in the pilot, I feel like we got a lot of information about Will's former relationship, which we don't see on yes. camera for... 1998 reasons, I presume. Yes. Um, God but I mean, forbid we show the gays being gay. Right. But I mean, Will's got this great apartment and you kind of wonder why Will is looking for a roommate in Jack at all. Right. Except he's got this ex-boyfriend of seven years, mm-hmm. Michael. And it's, it's first of all, the fact that this one character has been in a seven-year relationship. Yeah, and none of that happens on screen. And none of it happens on screen. I mean... That relationship is almost as long as his relationship with Grace. Right, yeah. Because they meet they, in college, you said? Yeah, they mentioned that they've like known each other for about 10 years at this yeah. point. Like, maybe a little bit longer. But. I mean, this is, it, depending on when he meets Jack, this is at least the second or third most important relationship in his life outside of his family. Right. And this is a character we don't see, we only hear about in passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether or not that we see Michael in the flesh at any point, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really interesting element of his character that maybe isn't addressed in the way it could be in the future. Right, and I think it's very interesting that he decides to keep the apartment because, at least in Grace's case, she ends this relationship and she leaves. Yes. And they talk about how it's like breakup rules. If you break up the relationship, you leave the apartment, which kind Mm of... Is that hinting that that maybe Michael was the one who broke up the relationship? That is an interesting perspective I hadn't thought about. Yeah, but I mean, can can Will afford that apartment by himself? Does he need a roommate? He's a lawyer working by himself, which could cut both ways. Yeah. He's either successful enough that he doesn't need partners, or he's scrappy and doesn't have partners and he's broke. Right, for sure. So it's like he's got this nice, with hardwood floors, like Mm -hmm. the way that Grace describes it, With uh, my favorite was like, with gay best friend included, it was pretty great. And there's a terrace. That weird TV nook. Yeah, the, what is with the TV nook? Because that, that, I'm going to tell you right now, that doesn't go away. Ugh. It's just, it's there. I just, like, I like watching TV by myself sometimes, but I like watching TV by myself with the illusion that I could be watching with other humans. Yes, like the like the couch space to potentially, like, have another person right. sit next to you, or right. at least a cat. Right, exactly. <laughs> cat space is important. Yeah, but it's... It's kind of a cool setup to leave it at, you know, mm-hmm. where anything can happen with these people. Right. So, sorry, speaking back on that TV note, can we talk about Guapo? 
Oh, poor Guapo. Poor Guapo's having a rough life. He's been moved around. There was that time that Jack just like shook his cage and oh. feathers went everywhere. He pooped on Will's suit and... I, I will say that I kind of thought the bird is only like a recurring gag for a couple more episodes. Yes. Because, I mean, from watching... You have watched Friends. Yes. Many of our listeners probably have watched Friends. The bit where Ross gets the monkey. Yes. It, Guapo is kind of coming across as little Marcel at this yes. point. Yes. Poor Marcel, who is a delight on screen for a couple episodes. But then every once in a while he's jumping in and be like, oh, Ross still has that monkey. Right. It's, it's not as bad as the, it, the chick and the duck are better even though they exist for longer. Yes, but the chick and the duck just, they're not like, they don't cause problems. Right. But like. Like I could see those two characters having a chick and a duck. Right. Whereas Ross having a monkey is more like, I feel like we should call animal services. Right. Yeah, no, but I mean, poor Guapo. He just, he gets the short end of the yeah. stick there. I don't mean to keep up bringing David Schwimmer in every podcast. <laughs> I actually don't find him very appealing at all. I'm sorry, David Schwimmer. Matthew. If you come on our podcast, I will apologize to you in person. But I David will ask. David Schwimmer, we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I will ask you where you got your creepy white streak for playing Robert Kardashian. I mean, I think he probably got it in a stylist's office, hun. No, I, I, that's special. That's no, a special I, history. I really think it was some bleach. Okay, well, you know what? David Schwimmer, come on the podcast and tell me in person that you don't have a magic <laughs> hair streaking pen. I actually do have a white streak in my hair. Um, <laughs> that's just kind of unrelated to anything we've been talking about, but I do. It's. Are I, you David Schwimmer? I am David Schwimmer, and I have a white streak <laughs> in my hair. All right, that's all the time we have this week. Oh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you like us and you love us and you want more of us, um, there are a couple of fun places that you can find us. <laughs> if you want to find us on Twitter, we can be found at, at notacoupleshow. Um, if you want to find us on Tumblr, our address is notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com. And if you have some questions, comments, concerns, or any type of email you want to send us, you can email us at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. All right. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not Not a Couple. couple. Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Thank you, Eliza. This week's episode was brought to you by Brooklyn. Brooklyn, you think it looks bad now, but wait till you see it on girls. 